2015, a group lost their leader, Betty. And what has ensued is a vicious 14-month baboon battle for supremacy at the Toronto Zoo. We're joined now by Maria Frank, who is the curator of mammals at the Toronto Zoo, to talk about this. It's an interesting story. I, I don't think a lot of people understand exactly what goes on in the baboon community, uh, but it's it can get quite heated and vicious, right, Maria? Yes, that's correct. Um, it definitely can. Um, the what the battle was for was uh, a new group a group leader after they lost their queen. Let's talk first about the social structure of the baboon colony, if that's what it's called. Yeah, so baboons live in troops anywhere from the size of 15 up to 150 individuals. Um, and the females typically are the core of the social system. And um, within those females, there is a hierarchy based on dominance. And um, so each individual female has a social ranking. And their offspring normally assume the same social ranking um, within that troop. Um, also, females don't immigrate out of their natal group. So the relatives, so to speak, they actually even kind of form subgroups within the troop, um, and they help each other through social uh, grooming, food acquisition, but also in some battles, that uh, aggressive fights that happen happen within the troop. Maybe it's just a Sicilian in me, but I immediately go to mafia. So it's going to, you know, go from the uh, the, the uh, original godfather is going to pass things on to his son, hopefully, unless somebody else from the sidelines squeaks their way in for supremacy. That's basically what happened at the Toronto Zoo, right? That's basically what happened. Okay. So uh, the problem was when the group lost their leader, Betty, who was 16, their uh, the heir was too young. She was uh, only what six at the time. Yeah, she was six at the time, and that was Molly. And um, so Betty had two uh, female offspring, Molly and Susan, and both quite young. Susan younger than Molly. Um, and it's not necessarily based on her age. It's probably more based on that if she had more of that subgroup of generation lineage that mm -hmm. would be able to help support her, she could have likely come out on top. Um, the fact, though, that she was young and was battling against Putsi, who was a 20-year-old, the oldest in the troop, now, um, and her three daughters, so it was kind of four against two, um, is kind of what likely swayed the odds. And it got pretty nasty, right? Things got uh, to, went to a head last March, but specifically, I mean, the fighting between baboons, it's, it's scary when you hear some stories. I mean, they were attacking each other at night yep. under the, the, the cloak of darkness, mm -hmm. and they were doing some real damage. Describe one of Molly's injuries. Yeah, so um, typically, so... This, this aggressive fighting happens even in the wild, and, and in the wild it can even result in death. Um, it depends on how aggressive the, the, the fighting goes. Um, in this case, the baboons are very, very resilient, so they do inflict a lot of injury. Sometimes it looks worse than it is. Some are just superficial, but it's usually around the face area or the tail hind end area because it's either the aggressor going forward toward another baboon or running away from another aggressive baboon. So Molly, um, she... Uh, sustained an injury on her tail, and um, so, you know, this is always closely observed and, and cared for uh, by observation by the keepers and the vets, um, but then she repeatedly got injured in, in the base of her tail. So we tried not to intervene with this dominance battle and let them sort things out, um, and at, at one point, Molly's tail was not healing, so the vets intervened. We, we then um, 
uh, anesthetized her, had a closer look, and we ended up actually amputating the tip of her tail off. And then she was immediately returned back into the troop, and, and she's doing fine now. And why is this so important? Because I would imagine people are thinking, well, why don't you just separate them, put them in other cages? Why is it so important to let those baboons figure out the hierarchy and way, the way things are going to fall? Because that's their natural behavior. That's what they do in the wild, and we have to let them be as natural as possible in human care, and they've got to sort it out. It's just kind of like our own family. You know, there's family quarrels and quibbles, and you still want to remain a close-knit family, and you have to work it out. Was it hard not to pick sides? I mean, you obviously know that Molly would have been the rightful successor, and you see her, you know, in some cases before you amputated part of that tail, apparently she was reported as, you know, uh, going off on her own, holding her tail. Is it hard not to pick sides? Yeah, it's 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 really easy for people to be anthropomorphic and 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 start feeling that and picking sides, but but we're all professionals here and we just know what what what's kind of going on through natural behavior and we just we just you know watch it and ride it out. You did intervene though in some regards to keep things when it started to get really vicious. How did you do that? Now, so what happened was they kind of had actually already it, it this this kind of war for dominance took place over around a year, and so they, they kind of had already sorted out the dominance, um, which ended up being on Putsi's side, her daughter Kalamatan, who now appears to be the dominant, with Putsi kind of helping in the background. But um, once they kind of sorted that out, we said, okay, let's just kind of take the edge off of the aggression in the group. So we actually implanted all of the females with a. Uh, Desirelin, which is a, a contraceptive implant, and that's just to kind of take the edge off, just to prevent the, the hormonal um, peaks, which then brought on um, excessive gress- aggression. I have no idea what you're talking about with ex- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hopefully all the women in the audience got that joke. Yeah. <laughs> Who, so the leader now, this is like almost like if you watch Game of Thrones, Maria, it's almost like there was uh, a Pootsie is sort of like a Cersei character, trying to make her kids get to the ascend to the throne. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. So as much as Kalamatan seems to kind of have the cocky dominance now, uh, initially she was the one getting injured and was at the low when Molly was first trying to assert her, her dominance. And again, it was just kind of the odds weren't for her. And so now she seems kind of hootie tootie and, and, and pootsie doesn't feel threatened by her because it's her daughter. And uh, pootsie still kind of rules, like she's the one that's first to eat um, before the other ba- female baboons get to eat. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely a takeover, that's for sure. Well, Maria, I appreciate uh, you joining us on the, on the phone today to talk about the stories. You know, when you think about every workplace has their politics, who knew the Toronto Zoo had so many different uh, uh, political groups? I appreciate the call. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks. Maria Frank is curator of Mammals at the Toronto Zoo. Really interesting stuff.